and welcome to episode 78 of Unsocial Spectators. Still going. Hello, hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. So this week we watched Pendulum from 1969. <laughs> so this was an you... odd, odd film. Yeah. Like the whole first 20 minute setup is just the legal part of the story, which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, then uh, it turns into uh, a noir. A guy, a guy trying to catch his wife cheating on him. Yeah. Uh, it's like George Prepard just smoking a lot. It's really weird. So, and he's caught his wife in this affair, and then he's he travels somewhere, and to use it as an alibi, he takes a train back to catch his wife in the act. But when he catches her, and see, this is where I got confused because the way they film it, they make it look like he killed them. But what? But later he says, "Oh, I arrived and they were already dead." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I I remember him walking up, you know, and putting those footprints in the bush area that they use later. That they're. Uh, but yeah, like the first twenty minutes is just a bunch of court mumbo jumbo about the Supreme Court. Uh throwing out some evidence in a case because the criminal didn't have his rights properly read or executed. I'm trying yeah, to remember this, exactly. This was at a time when uh, uh, like Miranda rights first really started. Yeah. So and they, kept, of- it, they kept insisting that like, well, what happens when you know they're guilty? Like, 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 and it's like, but how do you know? Like, it was such a joke because it was like, now looking at back on it, you know, it just doesn't bode well because of how bad cops' histories have been. Yeah, but uh, that's why it was a pendulum because things swing each way, you know, uh, goes from your rights to no rights to rights, you know, so. Yeah, I thought I, it, it was. Real, real I weird. thought it was okay, but I thought it felt like a TV show. Exactly, like it was all shot very close. It was not um, cinematic at all with any of the shots that they did. Uh, mm-hmm. George Bernard is pretty much the best part of it, other than mm-hmm. I guess the 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 villain uh, who uh, is the guy that gets off of these rape charges because because the police violated his rights and so here's the spoiler for the ending he he's the killer of the wife and the uh and the person they're having the affair but he thought it was the policeman Mm -hmm. and that's why he was excited he thought he had killed him yeah did you notice isabel sanford yes she was the maid Wheezy. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, it could have been a, uh, 
you know, a TV procedural back there in the uh, 70s or late 60s. Yeah, it was. It, it easily could have been uh, a shorter amount of time. They could have squeezed a lot out of it. Yeah. But it was It was just really, uh, I mean, and I think most of our generation knows George Prepard from the A-Team. Yeah, or uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, with Breakfast at Tiffany's being the next one, you know. Uh, and, and in this, he's just a, he, a nicotine-addicted cop. Like, he's just smoking every time. Wow. He's not talking. He was smoking constantly in that movie. Yeah, it's just like, Jesus, man. I guess going back, and this is only like 69, like it, it's just wild how much uh, things have changed. Yeah, and I thought, you know, it's always fun to go back in time to see people using pay phones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was okay. Nothing special, but you know, yeah. it was fun. So, what else um, you been watching? Well, I watched Hardcore, Hardcore. Uh, which is a, a nineteen seventy nine film with uh, George C. Scott. Oh, and, this is the movie scene one. Yeah, and he he's a uh, his daughter goes to California to uh, like on a church trip and then she gets in the hardcore porn. That's what mission trips usually lead to. Yeah, so he goes there and tries to infiltrate the hardcore porn scene. And I thought it was really good, man. Yeah, yeah, it's got that one scene, like, doesn't he go into a movie theater and have a breakdown watching his daughter on screen? Yeah, he freaks out, man. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's a tough that's a tough one. Yeah, but, I mean, he's great as always. Just a fantastic actor. Especially when he yells. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the best yeller in Hollywood ever had. Taking not uh, without being a scream queen. <laughs> well, he's a yell queen. Uh, then I watched Bad Teacher. Oh, the uh, Carmen uh, Diaz, Cameron Diaz movie. Yeah, not too good. You know, okay, pretty bad comedy. You know. The yeah, whole like, there aren't that many comedies post two thousands that are great. Yeah, I totally agree, and they're all dated, definitely. Uh, then I watch for the first time. I watched Twister for the first time. This we love Twister in this house. We watch it mm-hmm. every time it rains or it gets real stormy, or if we just want to see uh, uh, wacky nineties action movies. Oh, when you want to watch cows fly. Exactly. Gotta go. We got cows. I enjoyed it. It's a good time. You know. Uh, We're doing a sequel to it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a sequel uh, that's been filming up in uh, Oklahoma where they filmed this one. 
and I, I, I'm pretty sure Helen Hunt's in it. And I think it deals with the kid that she has with Bill Paxton's character. Oh, oh, Twister Kids? <laughs> yeah, Twister Kids. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then I saw Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, the greatness. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, really fun. I've never seen it. Really fun movie. Yeah, I think Joe Bob did uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown uh, for one of his screenings. So I know that's where I discovered it. Yeah, real fun time. I like that. I like uh, they have the government puts like this uh, like this thing over his dick where uh, it's going to explode if he goes too far away from the lady with the earring. <laughs> it's a really weird concept. Oh, yeah. Everything about this movie is fucking weird. Uh, so what have you been watching? Um, it's fall. It's time for Christmas movies. So I got oh. out uh, Christmas Evil. The guy, yeah. the one, one, the slasher film where the guy is so obsessed with Santa Claus that, and he wants to just like be around kids in a creepy way. Uh, he's and he becomes a killer, and it is so much fun. Uh, I watched it on Shutter, and uh, I'm just trying to see what all Christmas films uh, that they're going to get because I love like Silent Night, Deadly Night, shit like that. Uh, right. Just with the Halloween theme, it's just really funny. Um, and then I watched a, a baseball documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. called "The Saint of Sex, The Saint of Second Chances," hmm. and it is great. It is about the kid who did the promo for Disco Night. Uh, do you remember Disco Night where they had a, a riot in the stadium? where they were going to blow up all these disco albums. Yeah, they were going to set them on fire. Yeah, but it turned into a riot. Like, fans stormed the uh, the field. The, the guy that did that promotion is uh, the son of the White Sox owner at that time. Huh. And, uh, and, he, and it's really interesting because you go back to a time period because this guy bought the White Sox on credit. exactly yeah he and he was he was just a hustler and so he borrowed from multiple places to buy the team and then they would put together any kind of bit to get people to come into the stadium so like skyboxes he thought of first Uh like and but after their first year they had to like cut a lot of people because they just didn't have money and so they had to come up with hustles of like how to draw people into the stadium all the time. And so they would have clowns and all these different things. And so this guy just is telling this history of his dad and then how he got into the business. But it's weird because it does recreations. So reenactments. Right. Charlie, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is, is reenacting this kid. He's he's do. I guess he kind of found the story and, and enjoyed it. So. He's part of the documentary and it goes through all these things that like they invented and they're big. uh, And then how he kind of lost out uh, with this disco night because they, they had 
called a local DJ who had this huge following. And yeah, said, Larry, Larry Lujak. Yeah. And so that night it was uh, 99 cents to get in if you brought an album so that they would have all these albums they could blow up and it would be really cool. But they didn't prepare for the security so she goes at one point, you know, you realize that 400,000 people can't be stopped by 35 people. <laughs> so wow. they just, and it was a double header. So like there, there were riot police there to have them clear the field because they were trying to get on with a second game. Huh. And, uh, and so, the, and so it was such a bust. And when they, they're interviewing him for the documentary, they, they said, do you ever put, the fact that your dad had to sell the team a year later with the debacle that was disco night. And he goes, well, I didn't until now. <laughs> uh, and so then you kind of follow this kid who just really didn't have anything after this. Like he, um, he wanted to go back to the major leagues, but he, he ends up like uh, getting involved with a bunch of minor league teams and is doing the hustle there. Like he's just, he's putting on a show. Like he, and it's fascinating because baseball is secondary to what he's doing. He's just trying to sell tickets. And so it's just a, a fascinating look at the people who are trying to, who were trying to do that. And while doing this now, like he's kind of reconnected with his kids. So it has that kind of like nice story to it. Uh, but yeah, I've really dug it. Like there's a, there's, I, I'm not big on sports, but I'll watch a good sports documentary. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, minor league baseball ha has all the good hustles. I yeah. know the Round Rock Express over here, they're having a dazed and confused bobblehead night. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, they have to get people in somehow. Yeah. And if you like, I, I don't know, like, I've been to baseball games and I'm not someone who appreciates baseball at all. Cause I didn't grow up with it. it it's a right. boring sport to me. Uh, but I've seen Nolan Ryan throw two no hitters. Mm -hmm. Like I've been to enough baseball that I got to see like really incredible moments. And it's, yeah, I, I saw one of them. Yeah. And, and it's weird because it's not, you know, it's not that dramatic. Like someone had to tell me what was going on by not telling me what was going on because it would cur somehow curse the no hitter that was happening. <laughs> but yeah, I remember at old Arlington Stadium, you could bring in a bucket of chicken. Really? Yeah, you, uh, you could bring your own food in. Uh, so not anymore, uh, man. that place is wall to wall restaurants. Yeah, you would. Uh, well, it is now, but yeah. not back then. But yeah, you buy tickets in the outfield for like two or three bucks. And uh, bring in a bucket of chicken, you know, and just uh, eat, in the, eat in the stands. Well, at the beginning of the documentary, they, they're, they're talking about like when he uh, had to sell the White Sox and it was going to like a, a millionaire and how they were tearing down Kaminsky Park and they were going to put in this new place and the, the, the surge in tickets. And he said, well, we'll have like $100 tickets for entry level. Like we'll have outfield tickets for $100 pretty soon because it's the pricing to go to a baseball game is ridiculous now. Oh, and that was yeah. like in the 70s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, 
you can't uh, family uh, uh, for for a family of four with uh, parking uh, tickets uh, you know hot dogs uh, a couple beers sodas and maybe a a shirt or something it's like five hundred dollars yeah it's hundreds of dollars just to go and um but to see that you know it was this guy was had this interesting concept because he he was all about filling the stadium but even when there wasn't a game like they had a rain delay like if he could keep them entertained that was kind of a challenge of his this guy it was fascinating i just kind of dug this guy's philosophy of of just um uh, He's everything's everything's a show, everything's a party, and uh, it may not be done, but I'm gonna try it mm-hmm. kind of mentality. And I love the idea that this guy bought the team on credit, <laughs> that's my favorite because it was it's just like, well, I borrowed 50,000 from here, and I mean, you know, he's buying a team, I think it was the early, it was the late 60s, and uh, gosh, just the value on fucking sports teams, how they've just shot through the roof. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. Now, now you can't get a pro team for less than a billion. Yeah, and that's uh, and and that's always the city selling uh, selling out the taxpayer because they're using tax dollars for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I started watching the Continental on uh, Peacock. Yeah, what did you? What do you think? Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I saw that it has uh, Sugar Tits, Mad Max in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, is, what does he yeah. do? Is he play a big he's, bad? Yeah, he's a big bad. But you know, I mean, he's a good actor, man. You know, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. But you know, a uh, good story, uh, uh, really fun. You know, is it like a prequel? Is yeah. it like the the beginning of the hotel? Uh, yeah, well, it starts, uh, it, the show starts in the 70s. Okay, cool. You know, it's uh, the story of Winston Scott, you know, and uh, it's him and uh, the, uh, uh, who's the black guy that, that uh, is like the concierge? Yeah. Uh, He's like the teenager. In this for uh, uh, for uh, Mel Gibson, he's like becomes the concierge then. Lance Reddick. Yeah, that guy. But I mean, it's not him. It's uh, this younger kid. But it's kind of interesting. I'm I'm enjoying it. It uh-huh. tells you about how the coins are minted. You know, stuff like that. Really so it cool adds stuff. more to the mythology. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. And then I finished watching Killing Eve. Dude, that's a good show. Really? How many seasons? Uh, four. Oh, wow. But I think you won't be able to watch it uh uh, when the month is over, so that that's why uh, when the month started, I said I'm gonna get one of these uh, 
AMC Plus shows end, you know, before they're gone. So yeah, Shelby kind of wants to watch the interview with the vampire, but she's like, I don't know if I want to invest in something that that I'm not going to get to see more of. Right. Yeah, but 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 that's a great show. Really, really cool. And uh, the fourth season is actually says the end, you know. Oh, so it's a complete. Yeah, yeah. Series, okay, good. Yeah, it's really good. What else have you been looking at? Nothing. That's really been it. I've been reading more than anything lately. Uh, so you saw Osaka? Osaka? Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, what'd uh, you think? I, okay, I was really hard on it when they had, you know, Hayden Christensen come back. They did the de aging, right? I've enjoyed as it's bounced back how they've kind of explained how Jedi's and their masters are tied together for always, so that kind of makes sense. And the conflicting things that she sees, um, I just love that Thrawn kind of looks like Elon Musk. <laughs> I was about to say that. Isn't that hilarious? It is so funny because he's just, uh, I mean, we're going to see that uh, he he's a dime store general, you know, eventually. But I've read some theories that these stormtroopers may not be alive. Oh. Yeah, that like, that uh, when the we zombie, see... Zombie stormtroopers or are they robots? zombie stormtroopers because when huh. we we saw a jedi that was like uh the one that was traveling with uh ray stevenson that, that had the all black and then when she cuts him he just goes into a green dust oh huh. it was uh someone is theorizing that uh these witches had in their agreement with thinking elon star wars elon musk is <laughs> has has brought these Stormtroopers back from the dead as his military, and that he's basically riding on the backs of the dead. Wow, kind of crazy. Well, I mean, the witches, and then they were theorizing too, like all the gold that's kind of like when you see that their cost or, or their uh, armor that's put back together has a lot of gold holding it, that that was like tying something to the witches and a spell like it, i was watching a star wars video on it because i was like well this is an interesting theory and then they pointed out a lot of detail in there and i was like oh yeah well maybe maybe they are the, like the dead army that that would be kind of interesting yeah yeah i'm really enjoying that show i love the stormtrooper look the fact that they took all these broken ones and have pieced them together with different things even a mask like that that one lead one. And, and when he talks, it's very digitized. Like yeah. It's weird that there's one that can talk and follow orders. So it, maybe he's in charge or I don't know. I like, there are different theories about that, but I find it really interesting. Uh, and I like the turtle guys. Yes. Those are, those are so cool. The only thing I'm, you know, like because I didn't watch uh, the cartoon, like the payoff for seeing uh, Ezra wasn't as big, but like I knew that was her purpose. Uh, and and now right. I've also seen someone zoom in on his uh, clothes that it looks like he's wearing chainmail, 
but it's a uh, dog tags of huh. of people he's killed. Wow, wow <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I started watching Our Flag Means Death. That's a great show. Yeah, I'm loving it, dude. I it took me five episodes to get like the first four kind of set up a lot. And then when you get to the fifth one is when it is is really going, and that's when the payoff starts. Yeah, I'm having fun with that. Now, I started watching Oz. Man, that is a classic HBO show. Yeah. Really, really fucking great, dude. Uh, all I think is when I think about these great HBO shows we've had that like that it will never get them back again. It's just going to be reality on that max. max yeah, time. I haven't had HBO for so long that uh, the reason I got Max is to watch all the HBO shows. You know, so now my Oz. Then this morning I watched Private Benjamin. That's a great movie. I revisited that in the last couple of years. Like, yeah, yeah. Really Goldie cool. Hawn is hot as hell, but that's like the, her performance of a lifetime. Well, she got nominated for uh, the best the Oscar. So, oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Eileen uh, Brennan is fucking. She, she's oh, so she's good great. At she's great. And uh, uh, now got a little bit of news. Oh, I have news. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, where is it? The Hollywood Reporter is saying that studios uh, present their best and final offer to Writers Guild before today's meeting. So there is a pretty good offer that's on the table that rumors are that the WGA may agree to. And, it, and if, if they agree to it, it may be in line with the AI wishes that uh, SAG and AFTRA want. We'll see. Yep. I mean, a lot of times this is just hype to get one side to look bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. It may be politics and the press, but it, it it's at least, you know, I know that by the end of the month, if they don't have an agreement to get back to work, that the second season or the uh, fall TV season is or it's not fall spring is done. Like the, they basically have a lot of stuff like uh, finished out for the season. A lot of shows are going to be abbreviated, some not finished, but if they, if they don't have an agreement by the first, they're not going to have any TV shows for the spring. Well, there's plenty of old shows. Yeah. There's a lot. And that's the thing is like, not everybody wants to see like a lot of new stuff. There's a lot of old stuff. Like, you know, we've been going to a lot of films and stuff we've never seen. And it's getting to the point where these streaming services start to take things away that you enjoy, but you're mm -hmm. such a small part of that fan base that watches a show that it's not a value to the service to keep it online. So they'll just take it offline. Yeah. So. And they don't have to pay for it anymore. Uh, so, uh, Kung Fu Hustle 2 is in development. Oh, oh, I love Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. 
there's a couple of Deadpool 3 things. Oh, yeah? Uh, Channy Tatum is going to be a Gambit cameo. That is so wild. He has been on paper to play Gambit for years, and the movie has never happened. Uh, the yeah. only time we've ever seen a live-action Gambit was in the Wolverine movie, and it was played by that kid from Friday Night Lights. It was not very good, but it was only just a scene. Uh, and also, Carl Urban is going to play a Wolverine variant in Deadpool 3. Oh, fuck. Oh, I love Carl Urban, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I thought Carl Urban's a that. big dude, though. Yeah, well, we'll I see. I wonder if they're going to have, like, because I've been reading, because there are different variations of Wolverine in the comic, and there's a, a version called Old Man Logan, and I wonder if they're just going to have Hugh Jackman play that version, since Logan was, all like, our last version of him, uh, which is kind of what the movie was based off of, right. you know, uh, but the comic has like a wasteland with a few heroes that are left and uh, they bring Wolverine to the regular Marvel universe 616 and they had him for a while, but then he goes back to his universe. It's weird. It's, it's multiverse bullshit. <laughs> uh, then they're going to do a Mary had a little lamb horror film on October 13th. I've seen a picture of this, like, a uh, creepy lamb face. So, that's coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to say, okay, so Mary had a little lamb. I don't recognize any people in the movie. No. <laughs> oh, there, oh, there's a trailer. Uh. Oh, wow, that sheep is... Yeah, junk maybe. Fucked up looking, yeah. Um, now this I think is really interesting. I love Brightburn. You love Brightburn, right? Yeah, yeah. The the James Gunn produced uh, Star or Evil Superman story. <laughs> They're making a Brightburn too. It's in development. To be written by AI. Oh, wow. That's not... <laughs> not cool with that. Not cool with that. <laughs> That's just really weird, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're a creator on some level, you're... You know, you could write 10 films that never get made, but sell them to AI and your style could become a part of what AI creates when it creates movies. Right. Like you could have a legacy through being the only, you know, screenwriter within that system. I know they're going to compile it from other stuff. And they've said that studios have already started compiling data from stuff that they own uh, oh, for yeah. AI. So now it's a matter of the people who are just now getting like, I know that if you're on Facebook, that there was a talk of taking all your posts and everything and using it for AI to help uh, better advertisements, uh, better groups, just other shit like that. Like, do you, I mean, 
I don't know. Like, how much is your data worth to you? Well, I mean, uh, um, my data pays for all of my social media. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's a transaction. Yeah. You give them your data and you don't pay for Facebook. So that's what's worth me. Okay. If you don't want them to have your data, you leave the service. You know, it's real easy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm always curious, you know, like you're somebody who's where well aware of the, of the, that there is a, a transaction occurring because yeah. what you post and everything you, you create on there does uh, cost you that uh, have that service for free. Sure. But a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, whatever, it's their fault if they yeah. don't know, you know. So uh, I'm happy to make that transaction. I can afford uh, to pay for it. So, yeah. And I mean, our, our data is not secure anywhere because, I mean, we've even of seen course. that. Yeah. We've seen the credit bureaus get hacked and all the data get leaked. I've been spammed to death since I've uh, tried to file for disability with the state. And uh, so I get constant bombardments of stuff because yeah. they have my contact info. Sure. Um, look, uh, everybody freaks out. The data brokers... Uh, they have so much information on you already, and uh, you can't stop it. Yeah, I mean they 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 can put together an entire thing uh, about you. Uh, you're completely unaware of it, and oh oh no, TikTok TikTok is owned by the Chinese. The Chinese can buy more information from data brokers than they can using TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I guess with me, I, I think of TikTok as like it's on your phone and now they have a tracking, you know, a way to track you. Dude, if, if you're on your phone, they're already tracking you. Yeah, it's not like I go anywhere either. So it's like Clay's on the shitter again. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want them to track you, you know, smoke signals maybe? All right. So next week, we're going to watch Mind Warp from 1992. I'm excited about this. I started this and thought this would be a great one to watch. So, Okay. So, uh, uh, anything else? No, that's it, all, man. All right. We'll see everybody next week on the show. See ya. Bye-bye.